just when you think you know exactly how an NFL season is going to go, all the offseason talk, and then the games start. And now after week two, I don't know what to think, Matt. Maybe we can make some sense of the NFL season so far together after Sunday. Week two, takeaways from all the biggest games. The Bengals, Super Bowl representative of the AFC are 0-2. Trey Lance out for the year. All that and more coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you as always at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. By the way, uh, we're, might, we're probably going to push that, that Twitter mailbag show from Tuesday to Wednesday this week. There's going to be a lot to get to. Two Monday Night Football games to talk about tomorrow. Uh, a lot more from week two that we need to get to that we're not going to be able to hit today. So get those questions into us. And by the way, I got to get my Twitter account back, which was hacked over the weekend. So that was a whole lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, tough weekend. Yeah. Just madness. Just madness going on. Once the NFL season starts, Matt, it's chaos, right? It's chaos every year. Uh, one second. I do want to remind everybody that today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players. And if they score more or less than their Price Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. Matt, the NFL, and we know it, but we just don't. It's hard to wrap your brain around how much chaos happens during an NFL season. Yeah, I mean, some of you listeners, thank you to no end, have been listening since this was the only podcast on the NFL side in the locked on world. You know, they were all basketball. I had left ESPN. David Locke said, hey, Matt, you want to be our founder for the NFL side of things? Locked on NFL, it's all yours. And since then, I, you know, we've, we've upgraded, brought on BP. Everything's better now than ever. Massive but upgrade. I, massive upgrade. But I've always tried to be extremely transparent. And why I say that is Brian and I just had this conversation before we hit record, like, how do we prioritize these games from yesterday? They're all good. They're all down to the wire. There's so many that impacted the game, the, the whole landscape so massively. And even one that didn't, Niners crushing Seattle. They lose their starting quarterback. Like, they're all such huge storylines. It just makes me so happy that I get to do this for a living. Right. Uh, Niners, Seahawks, we wouldn't even talk about, right? right? Except for now, it's the biggest story in the league is Trey Lance's injury. So I guess we've got to start there with the biggest story in the NFL, which is Trey Lance, the number three overall pick just last year. It was finally his team, but they brought back Jimmy G just in case. And I've been talking about this. We talked about it on the show, Matt, if you remember. I said Trey Lance is not going to get replaced early in the year because of bad right bad play and, and just get benched for Jimmy Garoppolo. It's going to be an injury if that happens, unless he's a disaster and it goes deep into the season. And then you just have to make a change because it's clear and obvious and you have to. And I didn't think an injury was going to happen that quickly, but when you get hit as much as Trey Lance had gotten hit in the first couple of weeks, and there's going to be a lot of talk and, and Kyle Shanahan's under the gun a little bit now because of uh, that usage and, and, um, He's had so many injured running backs. Now his quarterback is injured after getting treated like a running back, which I don't think he should be super surprised about. <laughs> uh, but beyond that, this for the young man, Trey Lance, I feel terrible because he hasn't played 
a full-time role since 2019, Matt. It'll yeah, be four it, years next year in 2023 when he's back again. He'll have started an average of one game per season over that time. I know. It, it, that's the kicker to me. It, it you know We'll talk plenty, I'm sure, in the coming weeks. What are the Niners with Jimmy? Should I start Kittle now more or Ayuk and Samuel? And I think you know it's better for fantasy, yada, yada. And we've seen this show. We know what the, the, the Jimmy-led Niners look like. And it's going to be exactly the same. It's going to be good. I just feel for the kid, you know, like he didn't look great through the preseason. He has a lot to learn. He's not a refined player yet. He needs every rep, every season, every start he can get. And now I luckily for him, he came in the league remarkably young. He has so many more obstacles, you know, like uh, it, it's a tough situation for him. I mean, his stock has to plummet dramatically in the chance of him being a success. It's so difficult, and you he has to be headstrong, and I think he yeah. was a really, really mature 22-year-old, but now it makes it more difficult for Trey Lance, and he's going to have to still do all the developing he was supposed to do this year. Next year, the 49ers right. have to decide how to, you know, once again, they're probably going to have to hedge a little bit with a veteran quarterback, whether it's bringing Jimmy G back again. Uh, Jimmy's going to make some money probably if he stays healthy this year, and, and the 49ers win a bunch of games, and they just look like the same old, squad back together jimmy g looked good out there ball coming out quick wasn't super dynamic but the 49ers winning games they've got a good football team they're going to be okay with jimmy garoppolo the question now is how does that development curve go for trey lance going forward and how they uh, attack that in the offseason yeah, and by I, the way the seahawks kind of turned into a pumpkin nice week one story but they were clearly not on the level of the 49ers talent wise across the board last week playing a bunch of rookies geno smith at quarterback they were essentially shut out on offense yeah which might tell us more about denver who they beat which brings me to my theory here and i've been telling you guys this for years this time of year is when the truth gets revealed you know like i always talk about that that optimism period and that's what's so great about the league is from the draft until week one wow my team's gonna be better my first round pick's gonna be a star no one's gonna get hurt my quarterback's going to take a step forward. This new coach is the man. And then all of a sudden you start looking around the league and I've been getting questions left and right. Oh, the Steelers are awful. I'm like, yeah, they're bad. But there's 15 teams whose stock has dropped dramatically in two weeks. You know, that uh, it, it's easy to fill out the bottom of power ranks now where it used to be very difficult before they played games. You brought up Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. Let's go there next, Matt, because Ooh. Russell Wilson does not look good. Nathaniel Hack is the head coach. Looks like he's in over his head. And the oh, Denver Broncos barely snuck out of there with a 16-9 win over the Houston Texans. I feel kind of smart about this one. And if you recall on Friday, I thought, man, I am not laying 10 points to Denver over anyone. I have questions about this team. Justin Simmons is hurt. And then they lose Judy. Then they lose Sertain. Wilson looks like a shell of what he used to be, which could be the case. The coach is in over his head. But where I felt kind of smart was Denver scored 10 points in the fourth quarter where Houston was just beat up. And game two in that high air, tackling Javante and Melvin Gordon all day, all day eventually wore down a very inferior talented team. But I don't look at this as, oh, Denver's going to be fine. I think Denver's in big trouble right now. I feel like Denver is in big trouble. By the way, I yeah. think it's 49ers and Broncos primetime next week, too. So That'll be a uh, fun game, though. Yeah, we'll see what those two teams are like. Jimmy G versus Russell Wilson again. Not as we expected it to be in the offseason, but that's what, uh, that's what it's going to be. So looking at the 
I think this one's really important because it, it, I'm going to ask this question because I don't believe in it, but there's something to it because if it's almost every single year, the team that loses the Super Bowl has yeah. some big letdown the following season, and we're seeing it right now with the 0-2 Bengals. I very much believe that – well, I'm going to go back to this. Bill Walsh used to have a saying, and I heard this when I read this – when I read Mike Lombardi's book, I learned this, that Bill Walsh had a saying – that when he would be there with his staff, he would tell them, folks, we're really competing against about eight teams. Usually it's about five of the same ones every year and two or three come and go, you know, and we're talking about for the biggest crown in the league, you know, Walsh, Montana, Rice, Niners, you know, Dallas was one of those teams for a long time. It's hard. It's hard to be one of those eight teams or let alone one of the five that's always in it. And the reason is, it's just hard to maintain success. You know, if New England loses a Super Bowl, no one talks about a New England hangover. They go back and win it the next year or go back to it. You know, mm-hmm. the Steelers, the Packers, Seattle, you know, Ravens, sustained success for a long stretch. They're one of the five year after year. Maybe not this year, but you know what I'm talking about. In this generation, Cincy, you had to play a lot of games that other teams didn't last year to get to the Super Bowl. And then the offseason isn't super kind to you in terms of health and, you know, getting your offense ready for week one. And frankly, I've been saying this all along. I think the biggest weakness of the Bengals is their head coach. And now they're 0-2, you know, and I give Dallas credit. You know, I mean, Cooper Rush played well. Micah Parsons might be defensive player of the year. I mean, he is even better than he was last year. I give him credit, but since he, it's time to worry. It's hard to be the hunted. It's much easier to do the hunting. Yes, and starting a season 0-1, we saw it last year. The And actually, I think it was both the, the Packers and the Titans who were the one seeds in the AFC and the NFC, respectively. They lost mm-hmm. big in week one, but they won in, in week two. And so when you go 0-2, then the odds dramatically drop for your chances to make the playoffs. So that's a big worry for the Cincinnati Bengals. They got to get right. They got to get right quick. And they've got some really tough competition in the division if they want to run that gauntlet and get back just to the playoffs, let alone try to get back to the Super Bowl again. And then on the Cowboys uh, Cowboys side, with Cooper Rush at quarterback, uh, numbers weren't great. 19 of 31 for 235 yards and a touchdown. Did find Noah Brown for a, a, a nice touchdown where he skied up to get the ball. And, you know, having a, a secondary option to see Lamb is important to find for that offense with the Cowboys. Uh, but was the demise of the Dallas Cowboys a little bit overstated? Can can they stay afloat until Dak gets back? I still have my doubts about that. I'd like to see one more go round with this. And their upcoming opponent now can study more Cooper Rush film. But don't forget he went to Minnesota last year and played well in a similar situation. Mm-hmm. Um, one note about the Bengals, and this is true for both their games, the second half was definitely better than the first half for both those games. You know, maybe it's just, you know, I hate terms like rust and unprepared and, you know, generic phrases like that. But they need to be more – it made sense in week one after not playing in the preseason. This is their first road game. I don't know. I'm making excuses for them. You know, it's basically what I'm doing here because they should win the, both those games. All right, much more to get to here from the weekend. That was week two in the NFL Sunday. Uh, The Cardinals in OT beating the Raiders. That Miami and Baltimore Ravens game was just nuts. So we'll get to a ton more. And by the way, the Colts shut out by the Jaguars. (laughs) Okay, Uh, we we will get to all of that and more coming up next. But I'm going to let the folks out there know about prize picks. How does prize picks work? Well, it's easy. You pick two to five players, daily fantasy sports. And if they go more or less than their prize picks projection, 
you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. Taking a look at the quarterbacks for Monday Night Football. We got two games on Monday night. We've got Titans at Bills. Ryan Tannehill, 213.5 passing yards is the line that's set. Um, I, I feel like this could be a low-scoring game and a lot of Derrick Henry, so I'm going to go under that, but maybe they're passing from behind. So I think the Tannehill line I would stay away from because he could go over 213.5 pretty easy, but I don't feel good about it. Josh Allen, 262.5 is his line. That That's a that's a pretty solid one. I think that's yeah. a good place to put that line here. The second Monday night game is the one where I think you could find some easier action. Kirk Cousins, 275 and a half passing yards. They think the the Vikings are going to throw all over the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday night football. Jalen Hurts passing yards is 235.5. I'm going to take the under on Kirk Cousins there, and it's that easy. You look at it, you press, boop, boop, two to five picks. You can go rushing yards. I'm just looking at the passing yards right now. That's how easy it is at prize picks you're not competing against other people it's just you versus those projections available at prize picks and it's not just nfl either this is daily fantasy for nba major league baseball college sports uh, combat sports motor sports even disc golf and esports as well at prize picks entries can be made just as quickly as i looked at my phone just now reading this ad and in fact i just i just I just picked the under on Kirk Cousins. I got to find <laughs> nice. one more because I need two to five. So I got to pick one more to go over or under there. Safe and fast withdrawals as well. So download the Prize Picks apps. Go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. So if you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you that instant 100 to play with. If you deposit 50, Prize Picks will give you 50. Don't forget to use promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Matt, let's move on to the Miami Dolphins at the Baltimore Ravens. And the Dolphins looked dead in the water. And four touchdowns later in the fourth quarter, and it was a Dolphins 42 38 win. This game was bonkers and uh, was so fun to watch. Uh, I came a, I came away loving both teams, yeah. but being a little bit worried about both teams. Great start, though, for the Dolphins uh, at 2-0 and this season. And the Baltimore Ravens, I, I think the, one of the keys there was that Rashad Bateman, just seeing that big breakaway touchdown from him was something that needed to happen for Lamar Jackson to find his new number one. And it's looking to me like Rashad Bateman is going to be that. Yeah, uh, this game and the game tonight, I talked about a lot last week, the, the Vikings-Eagles game, I think are going to be the most telling of the of the weekend. Are these four teams, two yesterday, two tonight, truly contenders? Are they better than average-type teams like Miami and Minnesota are? Can they hang with a strong group and be Tier 2-type teams? And I think the answer is probably yes. Absolutely, there are some concerns. But, man, I mean, the Bateman thing is gigantic. I thought Lamar played tremendous. I know I'm not fighting you specifically because this is one of your theories. Running backs don't matter. But the running backs in Baltimore for the last two years have been awful. If they just had an okay running back, that would be a difference to me. I mean, I can't wait to see J.K. Dobbins coming back. But they're on their third left tackle. They just crumbled down the stretch. I absolutely believe now, and I hope that I'm saying the same thing about Minnesota tomorrow, that I am all on board with the new coach in Miami. Um, Tua is playing out of his mind. I still have some reservations about Tua, but I know that's an unpopular conversation. I think they don't need Edmonds. They don't need Gusecki. 
give me Waddle, Tyreek, and a scheme, and they're going to drop 42 <laughs> on you. Right, and things are schemed yeah. up just fine. And it was actually Raheem Mostert that sort of usurped right. Chiefs Edmonds as the lead back, potentially. We saw what it looked like with Mike McDaniel in San Francisco with Raheem Mostert, if he can stay healthy. I mean, in that outside zone, he's just got so much burst. And um, they both ran the ball well, but they had to throw from behind, so they just couldn't really run the ball that much. Mm-hmm. So I think more of a factor of Raheem Mostert being maybe the, more of a um, – a big play guy is why he was on the field more than Chase Edmonds, even though Chase Edmonds is a pretty good passing down back. Uh, so I'm not sure about the usage there at the Miami backfield. But yeah, two of 36 of 50 passing, oh. 469 yards, six touchdown passes. He had a couple of picks too. But um, man, uh, we we talked about it a lot during the offseason because Jalen Waddle had 100 catches as a rookie. And it was like, man, okay, Jalen Waddle, but with Tyreek Hill coming to town, does that really hurt Jalen Waddle's value long term when you're looking at dynasty leagues, when you're looking at fantasy? And apparently there's enough balls to go around. 11 catches apiece, 190 yards for Tyreek, 171 for Jalen Waddle, two ta- two touchdowns for each of them. So they're getting volume. They're getting uh, many yards oh. per target as well. They're scoring touchdowns. Uh, I mean, that is the after crazy. the catch stuff is there. I mean, every yeah. secondary is just on their heels scared. Yes, and, and you saw it because – uh, Baltimore, even though they had the game in hand, it looked like they were still like on the ropes a little bit and making some mistakes in the back end because that's what that speed can do to you. So uh, I, I came away really excited about what Mike McDaniel is doing there with that Miami Dolphins offense. And what he's doing with Tua is remarkable. And kudos to both of them. I'm not detracting from what Tua did. I bet Harbaugh right now is kicking himself a little too, though. Like this game was 28 to 7 at the half. And he probably should have kept the accelerator down a little bit more. And, you know, it kind of brings us to like Browns, Jets and some of these other games like take nothing for granted in this league. Yeah, well, so you're right, though. So Lamar Jackson was by far the leading rusher. Yeah. Nine carries, 119 yards because he had a 79 yard touchdown run. But aside from that, there was no help in the run game. And that's how you put a team away in the second half when you have a three touchdown lead right yep. and so they're not able to do that so if baltimore is having some problems up front with their offensive line they can't put teams away it's just going to have to be hero ball all year long for lamar jackson yeah or again running backs aren't that important i i subscribe to that as well but if they stink like i feel like baltimore's have since dobbins got hurt over a year ago I think it really hurts, especially in an offense like this. Just give me an average back, and I think they win that game. You know, get some yards on your own. Not taking anything away from Miami. Great football game. I think both these teams are contenders. Too many guys hitting the backfield. I mean, I, I would wor- I'd worry about the offensive yeah. line before I started worrying about the running back. But you bring I, in, I hear you. You bring in Kenyon Drake. You're like, okay, you know, here's a here's a veteran NFL running back. He'll he'll be, at least be able to you know, hold things down until J.K. and Gus the mm-hmm. Bus come back or whatever. Six carries, eight yards, one point three. You know, he's just <laughs> right, like, right. there was nowhere to go. So that is a worry for Baltimore. Uh, you know, and, and it's not just because running backs maybe don't matter as much as some other positions. You still want to have a good running back, of course. You know, it does. <laughs> that's nice to have a good one still. Yeah, I didn't mean to get into a philosophical conversation, right? Yeah, your running backs, but sometimes you look at teams and be like, boy, they're really weak at any specific position. And it hurts you. But Miami, good for them. Their defense is aggressive. I like the way this team's built right now, too. Next, Matt, I'm going to ask the question, are the Las Vegas Raiders in trouble? And, uh, in fact, I'm going to I'm going to change that question and, and frame it just a little bit differently. And it is, how much trouble are the Raiders in? Because I already know they are in trouble. They lost in overtime to 
the Arizona Cardinals 29-13 big win for the Cards. Uh, some other notes from some other games around the league as well. The Colts starting uh, 0-1-1. Shut out by the Jaguars. How does that happen? Okay, more Peacock and Williamson coming up. After I talk about our friends at Turo, you need a car? Go to Turo.com and find yourself a ride. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the United States, Canada, and the UK. If you want to go on a long road trip with your family, get a big old car, right? Get a minivan or an SUV. Uh, if you want a classic or luxury car for a special event, you can find those at Turo. Or you just need to get from point A to point B. You're on a budget. You want to find an economical car to get you there. Turo has you covered there as well from all of their hosts with tons of different options of cars that you can drive. Or you can just test drive that new vehicle that you want to potentially purchase yourself. Maybe you've never driven an electric car and you want to try one of those EVs, well, you can find those and find a host that has an electric vehicle and see if that fits into your everyday life. Many Turo hosts can actually deliver the car right to you as well. Every trip is backed by liability insurance, terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Ditch those boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. Matt, looking at the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, I talked about la or yeah, it was Friday when we previewed this matchup with the uh, with the Arizona Cardinals. And they're both teams were coming in at 0-1. I thought it was important for the Cardinals, but everybody else in the West, you know, kind of got off to a slow start this season. So it wasn't as crucial for the Cardinals. But for the Raiders in that division, when you're looking up at the Chiefs and you're looking up at the Chargers and potentially maybe not even looking up at the at the Broncos after all. Maybe they're not yeah. going to be as good as we thought. But it's going to be tough in the AFC anyway because those wild cards are going to be highly contended for too. And you got the Dolphins now 2-0, the Buffalo Bills. So it's going to be tough to make the playoffs at 0-2. I don't know if you write them off completely yet, but I haven't seen anything from the Raiders uh, that makes me think that this team could even make the playoffs and an 0-2 start is something that they couldn't do. And it's something I meant to mention with the Bengals is no team that started 0-2 last year made the playoffs. And 14 teams made the playoffs. I mean, you wouldn't think that's that big of an obstacle. Like, I'm not predicting that's to be the case this year. I think since he still goes or whatever. I thought the Raiders were an overrated team coming into the season, but I thought the Cardinals were vastly overrated. And watching most of this game, I thought Kingsbury might get fired. Like, this is a nightmare in Arizona. Like, he yeah, might they, beat I mean, Matt Roll, you know, right. They're, they're lucky he didn't get fired at, at halftime because the, they oh. they figured it out in the second half and Kyler Murray went video game on the on the Raiders. I think that might be all it is, is he just took over and said, I'm not even going to run the playbook anymore. I'm going to run around for 20 some seconds and make a play, you know, like a, a Sonic the Hedgehog. Well, we did see in the preseason. Remember when Cliff Kingsbury let Kyler Murray call the plays? They outscored Kingsbury like three to <laughs> right, one. Right? right. So maybe there's something to that. Just let. Let Sonic the Hedgehog work. Let Kyler Murray make plays, and that's your best chance at winning for that that Cardinals team this year. I'm still worried I about. Mean, who needs to watch tape? Right. <laughs> the heck with it. You know. I mean, just roll it out there like it's backyard schoolball, and let Kyler run around. Yeah, I came away not feeling great about both these teams, but really the right. Raiders are, are in a tough spot because even if you figure it out and you're a, a good team the rest of the way, you're in that 0-2 hole now, and, and it couldn't happen. Right. And for the Cardinals, they're tied for first place with the 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams in the NFC West. Or no, wait, it's a four-way tie because the, the Seahawks won in week one. So every team is 1-1 one one now in the NFC West. It's shotgun start starting in week three. Yeah, and they're another example. There's several of them. 
of a team getting up big and not being able to squash their opponent and drain the life out of them. Some of it's because of the running game, you know, 21 carries for 80 yards, but not enough there for sure with the lead control the football game. Cause Arizona had a much higher time of possession despite, you know, losing for much of this game. I give Ertz and Marquise Brown a lot of credit. They, they were kind of looking for weapons. No Rondell Moore. James Conner gets hurt again. Those two look like they're legit dudes. But Vegas, I mean, two for tw- two for 12 for Devontae Adams. I mean, how does that happen? After what we saw from week one, we thought, okay, well, at least they're going to have that. And just he's going to get fed, sure. fed, fed, fed. And that did not end up happening for your fantasy squads here in week two. If Mac Hollins is the Raiders' leading receiver, yeah. they probably won't win. Right? Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a good way to put it. And the, you know, the huge fumble from uh, from Hunter Renfro at the end yeah. of the game is just yeah, bad start, bad start for those Raiders. And I don't have you know, if you're bullish on the Raiders, maybe you think they can climb out of it. But I wasn't coming in, so I just don't think they're going to. And you don't want to bury anybody this early in the season, but it doesn't look good for Las Vegas. I'm with you though. I don't. I'm not all of a sudden optimistic about the Cardinals though either. Uh, speaking of being pessimistic, I know the Giants are 2-0. and Great start for them, but I feel like watching Daniel Jones and Baker Mayfield in week two set NFL quarterbacking back, what, 20 years? <laughs> that, that, that was just a god-awful game to watch. And, and uh, the 0-2 Panthers, I thought we're going to have a chance to be better this year. And uh, I, I'm – no, it's uh, – Matt Rule's getting yeah. fired. Baker yep, Mayfield's not the answer. Sam Darnold's not the answer. Again, like I'm making some of these claims about teams like the Raiders and the Panthers too soon. They could turn it around, and we know the NFL is chaos. That's how we started. Just when you think you know something about the NFL, it gets flipped on its head, so we'll find out about those teams going forward. But it does not look good at all with Baker uh, Baker Mayfield-led Panthers team. It looks very much the same as the Sam Darnold-led, whoever-led Panthers teams of the recent past. Yeah, it it just seems like a very dysfunctional organization – Maybe from, you know, ownership all the way down, you know, like they don't know how to win. They do things differently than other teams. I don't like how they team build and Baker looks terrible. I know Brian Dayball has only coached two games in his career as a head coach, but I believe that if Matt Rule were coaching the Giants and Brian Dayball were coaching the Panthers, that Carolina would be 2-0 and and New York would be 0-2. I, that's well put. I've loved yeah. everything I'm seeing from Dable and uh, they're, they're doing the little things to win and there's a belief there and maybe there's more to it. I mean, when your leading receiver is Richie James uh, and Daniel Jones yeah. has not looked dynamic. I, I don't think in the end that the, the giants are going to be there, but you do think they got the head coach thing, right? And I kind of have a similar vibe with the, with the Chicago bears. I, I love Eberflus. I love Dable. I don't know how well those seasons are going to go, but I think when you start to look ahead and you start to build a little bit more um, in, in the image of those head coaches, I think those teams are going to, are going to be okay. So good news for the New York teams, right? I think so. Um, I really like what the jets are doing. I don't know for sure if Robert Salah is a good head coach or not, because they, they seem to have, Really good off seasons, but not really good Sundays, mm-hmm. except, you know, but this one was different. Um, I'm not saying he's good or bad. I'm just kind of incomplete grade on him. I'm very impressed with Dayball thus far, and they both are fighting really uphill climbs in a brutal market. Um, Carolina's in big trouble. I, I I can't believe I thought at one point they might be like the seventh wildcard team or yeah. end up nine oh. and eight. Like they have no I- chance. I thought they were too. I, th- I thought yeah. there was a chance there for them. It doesn't look good so far. The Jets still figuring things out. They have such a young team that I believe the Jets can figure out as things 
go forward. And at one and one now, yeah. a big 31 to 30 win over the Cleveland Browns. Um, you start to see some of that talent. Garrett Wilson, he's the wide receiver one going forward for the Jets. I'm convinced of that. I've seen him get open at every level now. He had a really he's good a game. And there's been, you know, eventually Corey Davis, he's just not dynamically athletic. And you see him, he looks so much more sluggish compared to Garrett Wilson, compared to Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore's more of a number two guy. Garrett Wilson is that number one going forward. So I think that is something that you can hang your hat on if you're the Jets. Joe Flacco throwing four touchdowns against that Browns defense. And uh, I don't know how you're able to come back when the Browns are able to run the ball like they can with Nick Chubb and he's scoring three touchdowns. That's usually where you slam the door. You have a lead going into the second half. You're running the ball that well. How did you let the Jets back in this one? Yeah, I, I urge everyone, if you're not a subscriber of The Athletic, you're out of luck. But our buddy Mike Sando said something like, Eight different people need a need to fail at their job for a plane to crash. And he laid down on the eight things the Browns did wrong to allow the Jets to win this game. I mean, they were leading by 13 points with under two minutes left on the clock. I mean, that's hard to lose that way. And to reinforce this, stealing it from Sando, since the year 2000, teams winning by exactly 13 points with between a minute and a half and two minutes on the clock were 201 and zero. Not anymore. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> 201 and one. Yeah. Our old friend, Mike Sando. We got to get him back on the show sometime soon. Yeah. Uh, Flacco played great though, by the way. I mean, mm -hmm. I know it's easy to brush it off. Like how do you lose to Flacco? Well, he checked it down to his receivers. He, he, they have weapons, you know, like you mentioned yes. more. Wilson, Wilson looks like a stud. Those, those backs have been catching a lot of passes and been in, involved. And I don't know if the Jets' defense is particularly bad, but the Browns have to win this game. I mean, you have to win this game at home with that kind of lead in that situation. We got to go, but last little note here. Jaguars yeah. shut out the Colts, 24-0. And Cup of mud in an upset special. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Matt Williams nailed it. And I don't know if anybody wants to win the AFC South, but it is up for grabs for still all four of those teams, including the Texans, who have been a little bit scrappy this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are. They're in it. I like right. the Jags, though. Lawrence played well, too. Yeah, yeah. Lawrence played well. Going in the right direction there for those Jacksonville Jaguars. All right. Thanks, everybody, for making a Peacock and Williamson your first listen. We will be back tomorrow talking about more of what happened Sunday and Monday and start getting those Twitter questions in for our Wednesday mailbag right here. Peacock and Williamson.